Good morning, church family. I pray this Sunday morning finds everyone safe and healthy. I know the social distancing has taken us to an unusual place with our worship, but our Father knows the importance of us breaking out of our familiar routines and how that helps strengthen our faith. So as we are sheltered in our homes, let's join in and worship together right where we are. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we just uh, thank you for another Sunday, even though that we cannot worship together in person, Father, that, that we can use the power of the internet, Father, to join together with our church family all across this county, that we can come together and still worship you as the great Father and Lord that you are, Father. Lord, we just pray for this worship time. Lord, we just pray that it's uplifting to you. Pray that it just strengthens your kingdom, Father. Lord, we just uh, pray for Kevin as he brings us the word later. Just pray that it's an encouraging word for us all as we uh, face this difficult time in our nation's history and our world's history, Father. Lord, we just pray that you'll be with us, guide us. Father God, Lord, we just pray that you'll protect everyone, keep everyone safe from this uh, horrible disease, Father God, and those that are already infected, Lord, we just pray that you'll just uh, strengthen them back, heal them from this disease, Father, just strengthen them. Lord, we just pray that you'll be with us, lead, guard, and direct us. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. Y'all join together, let's worship. Bring love. 
Well, hello. Thank you again for joining us today. We um, have another um, good word from God that, that I believe will benefit all of you today. So, um, so hang with us uh, until we get to that. I want to remind anyone that um, if you're not on the church messaging system, uh, the messages that we send out to let everyone know anything that's going on in the church, um, let me know either through Facebook message or through text message. Uh, again, my number is 931-309-4741. Or you can let Nathan Peterson know through Facebook or text message. Just let one of us know. We'll get you on that church messaging so that you can keep up with our service cancellations and things like that. Um, and of course, uh, we'll be letting you know on Facebook as well. Um, we are going to meet again this week um, and uh, talk some more about what the future holds and what it looks like. But I do want to remind you that right now we are trying our best to follow along with um, uh, Romans 13, submitting to our governing authorities. There is no authority in place except for God and except the ones that He has appointed. And so to resist them would mean that, um, that we are resisting uh, God in a sense. And so... I believe it's important for us to uh, to continue doing that, at least for the time being. The day may come to where we, we have to resist that, but I don't believe we're there yet. Um, and so um, be patient with us and just um, um, keep hanging in there with us till we get this figured out. I want to say a big thank you to all of the um, people, that all the men that have come together to uh, put out videos and, and Bible studies for you this week. Um, it's been fantastic. Every one of you have done a fabulous job, and uh, you've rightly divided the word of truth, and I've been very, very encouraged at what you put out. And so I would ask you today that um, you would let them know, send them a word of encouragement if you've enjoyed their ministry. Um, I really wanted to do that for, for two reasons. One reason is because I wanted you to, as the church, uh, Wells Baptist Church, I wanted you to understand that we're still here. We're still a body. It's, it's not just Pastor Kevin. I mean, this is, a, this is an organization, a group of people that God has joined together, a family that God has put together. And so I wanted you to see some of the faces of this family. And so I'm thankful for every one of you for the way that you have uh, been so willing and eager to step up and serve during this time. And we're going to talk about a little bit about that today. That's part of the study today is uh, what I've seen from the church from the body of Christ during this time and, and, and just how thankful I am for each and every one of you. But I'm asking you to extend your thank yous and your encouragement to the ones that you see stepping up and, and just trying to serve in any way possible right now. I know that they would greatly appreciate the encouragement. Um, another reason that I have asked people to do this uh, on a daily is because I'm encouraging family worship. I know that's, um, for a lot of people, that's intimidating. 
Um, I pray that you're, that you're overcoming that fear and you're just stepping out and doing the best that you can do if you're the head of your household. But I also want to give you something to, to help you to do that. So maybe, just maybe, these will act as daily devotionals for you that may put you on a path to be able to either use what they give you as um, a part of your family worship or, uh, or maybe you have, you, you're just able to take the Bible or a daily devotional of your own and do it. But, um, but I'm hoping that it can be a tool for you so that you can accomplish that purpose in your family during this time. So um, those two reasons are why you're getting these daily videos, and, um, and there are other reasons, but those are two of the primary reasons. And so I hope that you're encouraged from them, and I hope that you're able to use them and that they're effective in your Christian walk in some way. Um, I think I've covered all of the announcements I need to cover. Let me look real quick. Yeah, I believe that's everything. And so today uh, we're going to have a word from God again. I'm going to follow the um, I'm going to follow the lead that uh, Vance Chapman took on his study. Um, I, I've really enjoyed all of them, and but his was this past Friday, and so I'm thankful for um, I'm thankful for him taking the time to to really walk through the scriptures with you. I really love the context that he built around it, and um, and I just love the way that he laid that out. He did a very good job. But I'm going to follow his lead and follow along with that Christ-likeness today. And I'm going to come from Philippians as well. And um, I'll read a few scriptures to you. The first one I want to read to you comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. And um, I'll read actually verse 4 and 5. I'll read these two scriptures to you. And then after the scripture, we'll have a word of prayer. And so let me read these real quick. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 4, this is what it says. Let each one of you look not only to his own interest, but to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And so I want to really look at the interest of others today and how I have seen the body of Christ, especially at Wells and many other but I'm so thankful as the pastor of Wales to have people that have been really looking out for the interests of others right now. And, and we're going to talk about um, what that looks like and what it should continue to look like after we pray. So let's pray. Father, we come to you right now just to say thank you for your mercy. Lord, we, each and every one of us are sinners and Lord, we deserve not only the coronavirus, but death, Father. We, we deserve even worse. Father, you created us for your glory, and we have rebelled against you, and we have lived for our own. And Father, we thank you for mercy. We thank you that you don't give us what we deserve, that you hold back what we deserve. And Father, I thank you today for your grace. I thank you that even though we were sinners, you showed, you showed your love toward us when you sent your Son to die for our sins. And Father, I pray that you would help us to feel the weight of that. Lord, I pray that, um, Lord, you would open our hearts and open our minds to truly understand what it means that you gave your only begotten Son to people who were your enemies, to people who who were rebels against you, and yet you have shown your love toward us. 
And Father, I pray that You can help us to feel the weight of that today as we go through this Word. I pray that You can help it to, to open up our hearts and overflow out of us. Father, I pray that we can receive the love that You've given us and that, Lord, it would flow out of us into others. So, Father, help us to do that today. Help us to see that from Your Word. Father, once again, we pray for our nation's leaders. Father, we pray for leaders of the people in the world in any capacity. Lord, we ask You that You would give them wisdom. Father, we pray that, um, Lord, they would be able to make wise decisions for the people that You have given them charge over. And Father, I pray, God, that, um, Lord, You would deliver us from um, the sickness that is going around. Father, I pray for the ones that are sick. Father, I pray for their healing. And most importantly, I pray that they're drawn to You. Father, I pray that this would be a time that they cling to You closer than they ever have. And Father, I just um, I thank You for times like these. I thank You that even though these are tough times, they're hard times, Father, I thank You that they're times that we get to truly see You working in the lives of Your people. Father, I thank You for the love that we've seen come from Your people. I thank You for the way that people have not just looked to their own interests, but Lord, I've, I've seen the body of Christ look to the interests of all others. And Father, the world is full of selfishness, and we all, that's our natural default. You know that. But Lord, I, do, I thank You that you're, you're changing people like us. I thank You that even though we are naturally selfish people, that You have shown us Your love. And Lord, that that overflows out of us and we're able to show it to others as we look to their interest and not just our own. So Father, help us to continue to be those kind of people. Lord, open Your Word to us today. You teach us what You want us to see. We love You. Father, before, before we end the prayer, I want to ask You to... Lord, bless the medical professionals, the nurses, the doctors, the, anybody that, that is on the battlefield of this right now. And I pray, God, for their safety. I pray for their family's safety. And Father, I pray, God, that, um, Lord, that You would give them exactly what they need to accomplish Your purpose in this. Father, I pray that they would have every, um, every whether it's masks or, or gowns or whatever it is, Father, ventilators, Father, I pray that You would provide their every need. And Father, I pray, God, that they would, this would be a time that they would look to You, that they would trust in You, and that they would see that You're leading them and You're guiding them. Father, we love You, and we ask You for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, I want to look today at um, what I'm going to call the interests of Jesus. Maybe we can call it the affections of Jesus. The reason I say that is because I read to you Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, and this is what it says. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. And then he says in verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves. Have this same mind that is yours in Christ Jesus. And so this mind that he's asking us to have is a mind of humility. It's a mind of putting others before ourselves. It's a mind that we have been shown the example in Jesus Christ. And so we can have this mind, but it's not our natural mind. It's a mind that comes to us from Jesus. And so I want to look a little bit further into that at Philippians chapter 2, verse, um, verse 19 through 21. Listen to what it says. 
Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. And here's how he's going to be cheered when Timothy comes to him. In verse 20 he says, For I have no one like him or like Timothy. And here's what Timothy is like. Who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. And then he says in verse 21, Because they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. I love the way that Paul describes Timothy right here. Paul is going to be cheered by Timothy coming to the Philippians because he knows that most everybody else is only concerned about their own needs. They're only concerned about themselves. But here he says Timothy's not like that. Timothy has a genuine concern not only for his own interests, but mainly for the interests of others. And I love the way he puts it. He says, For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So what we see here is that Timothy has a genuine concern for the interests of Jesus. And now Paul must know what the interests of Jesus are because he sees it in Timothy. And so what I want to do is answer the question today. If we're not supposed to look to our own interests only, again, it's not wrong to look to our own interests, but in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, he said, don't look to your own interests only. In other words, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but he does live by bread. And so God understands and Christ understands that we have interests of our own to look after, but don't just be so self-centered that you don't look to the interests of others also. And so we are to have the interests of others in our mind and we're to have not just interests of others. So in other words, it's not just that I'm concerned about uh, my fellow man, but it is that I'm concerned about my fellow man because Jesus has interests in our fellow man. And so the question we have to answer is, what are the interests of Jesus Christ? Well, I believe that is answered in Philippians chapter 1. So go back with me to Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 9 through 11. Actually, let's start in verse 8. Philippians chapter 1, verse 8. And look what Paul says. He says, For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And so here is what we see here. Paul is saying that I yearn for you as my fellow brothers and sisters with the same affection that Jesus has towards you. So Paul's affection that he yearns for them is the same affection that Jesus yearns for them. And I believe in verse 9, Paul lays out what he's praying for. Well, if these are the affections of Paul, if Paul says, I have the same affections for you that Jesus has for you, and then he prays for specific things, then I believe that we can rightly say that what Paul prays for are at least some of the interests of Jesus for his fellow man. And so let's look at verse 9 and 10 and see what the affections of Jesus are. What are the interests of Jesus? In verse 9 it says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. 
And so here is the affection, or at least one of the affections and one of the interests of Jesus for uh, the body of Christ, for His children, for His people. And He says here, that your love may abound more and more. Now one thing to understand, and you've heard it many times if you've been in church any length of time, when we see the term love, it doesn't always mean the same thing that love means to us in the English language. Uh, as you've heard many times, we have one word that covers, it's a blanket term that covers all types of emotions, and we call it love. And yet, this is a different word whenever you study it in the Greek. This is a word that is called agape. This is the love that is a self-sacrificing love. It is a serving love. It's an action love. This is the John 3.16 love where it says, God so loved the world. And that word again in John 3.16 would be agape. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so what we see is that it is a love that, is, that, that gives and it is a love that gives not just to those who love us back, but it's a love that, that gives to our enemies. It's a love that is self-sacrificing for people that, that may not be for us. So it's not just a feeling, even though there is an emotion that is attached to this love, but it's not driven by emotion necessarily. It's driven by self-sacrifice. It's driven by, at least in our part, what has been done for us, what's been given to us. And so what we find in this agape love is that it's an action love. It is a, a goodwill toward our fellow man. It is a, a goodwill of mercy. It is a goodwill of grace that we do in action toward our fellow man or it may not just be our fellow man as far as our neighbor or someone that we love, but maybe even our enemy. And we'll see that in just a minute. It is the love that is of God and the love that is from God. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says God is agape. This is His nature. And again, we're not talking about this emotion. We're talking about this self-sacrificial, this um, action of goodwill, of mercy toward another. This is what we have here when it says God is love. God is the kind of person that just shows goodwill toward His toward His creation, whether the, even if there are His enemy. And again, we'll see that here in just a moment. This is also how the world will know that we are Christians. This is how the world will know that we follow God. In John chapter 13, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus told His disciples that the world, you will, the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In other words, if you show this self-sacrificial goodwill of action towards your fellow mankind, this is how they're going to know that you're a disciple of Jesus who is God in the flesh. 
So we see here that we were created to be the image of God. Jesus came here and He died for our sin. He gave us the example of life to follow. And so when we walk in this agape love, because remember, God is love. When we walk in this agape love, this, this goodwill toward our fellow man in acts of mercy and acts of kindness, whenever we do these things, this is how the world knows that we are disciples of Jesus Christ who is the image of God. And so this is something that is very important in a Christian's life. And we can understand why this is an affection of Jesus Christ. This is the word that is used to describe the way that we love God. In Luke chapter 10 verse 27, I'll read that one to you because it's a little unfamiliar. Luke chapter 10 verse 27. It says, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And so this is the way, this is the word that is used in the way that we are to love God and our neighbor. It is a self-sacrificing love. It is a love that doesn't look to itself, but instead it looks to the interests of others. It is a self-sacrificing love. Remember, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so that love that He showed was a self-sacrificing love. And so it's important that we understand that this is the love that, that Paul is describing to us. He says his prayer that is praying for the affections of Jesus Christ is that your agape your self-sacrificing goodwill of mercy and grace toward, toward your fellow man, even your enemy, that is the kind of love that he is praying that we will have for each other. One more scripture to prove to you that it is also to our enemy. It's not just to the people that love us back. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48, Listen to what this says. It says, You have heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So it's not just that we are to love those who love us. He says here, You should have this agape love toward your enemies and even pray for the ones that persecute you. And here's why in verse 45. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. In other words, so that you will actually look like children of God. The world will know you are my disciples by the love, the agape that you show toward one another. And then look what he says next. Because God makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good. Praise God for that. Because there are some days that I'm not good, and yet God still lets His sun rise and shine upon me. And the same way with the rest of the world. There are people that are completely anti-God, that are His enemies and will be His enemies all throughout eternity. And yet God still sends His sun to shine on all of them alike. And then it says, and not only that, but He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He sends His rain to water the crops, to give us water to drink. He sends His, his life-giving water, His rain on the just and the unjust. This is the way that God does because God is agape. 
Now again, God is also just. God is also, also has wrath. Yet this is a part of God's nature that we are called to imitate. That we are called, I'm sorry, not imitate. We are called to let penetrate our hearts and it overflow out of us. So it's not just something we're imitating. It's something that has affected us greatly. And because of that, it comes out of us and flows into others. And then in verse 46 of Matthew 5, he says this, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than any others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I love if you keep it in context here that the way he's describing perfection is by letting the love of God come into you and then flow out of you to everyone else. Letting your sun shine on the good and the evil the same way that God does toward all mankind. Letting your rain fall on the just and the unjust the same way that your heavenly Father does. And so he is calling us to be perfect not by doing everything right. We're perfect only in Jesus. And remember... When you go back to the beginning of Matthew 5, this entire chapter was the Sermon on the Mount. It was where he called his disciples to them and he taught them. These are things that he's teaching to people that are following him. And so we are perfect as far as our sins being washed away by being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, by being in Christ. And yet here he calls us as Christians to be perfect by not doing everything right, but instead showing this agape love that flows even to our enemies. I hope, I hope that makes sense to you. And so again, agape love that Paul is praying for in Philippians, it's an action done of goodwill, of mercy and grace toward another, even your enemy. An action, not just a feeling, an action done of goodwill and mercy and grace toward another, even our enemy. And so Paul prays that this self-sacrificing, serving love would abound more and more. I love that we have seen that take place in this uh, time of this pandemic. I have seen... Um, brothers and sisters that have been stepping up to teach each other through these teaching series that we've been giving you every day. I have seen people making masks for medical professionals, looking for any way that they can, they can serve in that capacity. I have, seen, um, I have seen people and neighbors getting together and, um, and having family Bible studies together and praying together. I have seen people taking food and chicken stews and leftover um, um, supper or whatever you want to call it. I have seen them... Um, I've seen them go to people's houses and not necessarily go in the house, but actually come in and pray from the driveway even with people that are sick right now, with people that are hurting, with people that are scared. Um, I've seen people asking for lists of our elderly so that they can, they can go out and, and do things for them and check on them for groceries or for uh, medicine needs or anything that they can do to serve them. I've had multiple text messages from so many in the church. What can I do? Is there anybody that has a need right now? How can I give? Um, 
It is, uh, I have just seen people stepping up and I know that this is not a love that comes natural. No, again, natural is that we're self-serving. Natural is that we're every man for himself and you take care of you and I'll take care of me. And yet this is not what I have seen in the Christians, thank God, because if they're a true Christian and they are sons of God who lets His sun shine on the good and the evil and His rain fall on the just and the unjust, if they're truly children of God, then this is the love that has been shown to them. And because of the love that God has shown them, it overflows out of them and they want to show it to their fellow man. And so I'm thankful that as Paul prays for this, we see that this is an interest of Jesus. This is an affection of Jesus that you would be people that would walk in agape love. And then I love where he takes it next. He says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound. And so here's what I want to be able to see. I want to be able to see your love overflow. So this word abound, it literally means to superabound, to go above and beyond. And so what I want to be able to see is that even though these are times that it's brought more to our attention and we're able to have more opportunities to step out, I also want us to understand that it doesn't stop. You know, Lord willing, in a few weeks, we're going to get back to some kind of normalcy. Um, I believe that's going to be the case anyway, or it is my prayer that that's what happens. But I believe that when this pandemic stops and things start coming back to normal, we may get comfortable again. And so I pray that this is something that, that we keep doing, that we keep looking for opportunities to, to show this self-sacrificing love toward one another, toward our fellow man, toward our communities, toward um, people that are sick and um, people that... Um, that, that have needs right now. I pray again that, as Paul said, your agape may abound, that it is an overflow that comes out of you. So the desire of Christ is that this would be um, not something that is just on occasion, but that your agape would abound, go above and beyond. And then I love where he goes next. Look what he says. He says that your love may abound more and more. And so this is a growing love. This agape is not something that is just from time to time. It's something that abounds, and then it abounds more, and then it abounds more. And we're always looking for opportunities to show the love of God toward others. And so I believe that when we ask the question, what is it that Paul saw in Timothy, that Timothy he didn't just seek his own interest, but the interest of Jesus. When we ask the question, what were those interests of Jesus that Paul saw in Timothy? I believe we get the answer right here. The interest was, was, that, was that Paul understood that Timothy had a desire to see agape love abound in these people more and more and more. And so Timothy was going to be the kind of leader and the kind of teacher that encouraged these people to keep loving each other and to, to keep showing the love of Christ to the world so that all men will know that you are my disciples. And so this is something that is very pleasing to Christ. And so as bad as times like these are, I'm thankful. I'm very thankful to see stuff like this. I'm thankful that the church doors closed. 
I, did, I hated it at first. I'm sitting back thinking, man, this is great. This is great. Now again, yes, it's not something we want to see go on for long because there is great, great need for us to be together. And we see that all throughout the Scriptures. But I'm thankful when God throws a little change-up pitch to us every now and then so that it, it, it gets us out of our comfort zones and it puts us back in that place that, that the whole church and the body of Christ, they start looking for ways to step up. And I'm telling you, I've seen it. And I'm thankful for each one of you. But my prayer is just like Paul's prayer here. My affection and my interest are the same interest that Jesus has right here. And I believe that the interest would be that your love, your agape, would abound more and more. That it would be a growing love and that you would grow in it. And so that's one of the first things that we see there. But then it don't just stop there. Look what he says next. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge. Now that's important because I want you to understand that this is not natural to us. No, if, if your knowledge, and we're going to look at what specifically knowledge we're talking about, but if your knowledge does not increase in the Christian faith, then your love and your agape is not going to abound more and more. Because again, your natural self is not going to do good toward, especially not your enemies. Yes, now the unbelievers even show goodness toward those who are good to them. And so that's not agape. We're talking about a self-sacrificing love even toward those that don't love us back. And so what we see here is that it grows in knowledge. And it's not going to grow outside of anything else. You wonder why we come to Sunday school. You wonder why we put messages out like this. We wonder why we study the life of Jesus. Why are the Gospels so important? Because all the Gospels do is just tell us Jesus did this and He healed these people and He fed these people. and He Or, or not all that it does, but a lot of the Gospels are basically... Uh, in some sense, a historical narrative. And so basically we see the life of Jesus lived out. And so we have to understand that when we come together to study that and when we come together to, to gaze at the life of Jesus, it's because we're trying to grow in our knowledge. Because as we grow in our knowledge, we are growing in this agape love. God is, the Bible tells us that God has poured His love. This is Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And that word again is agape. God has poured His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so we have this agape love that He has poured into our hearts. And now we are to take that agape love and as we study Jesus and we see what Christ did for mankind and we see what Christ has done for us, when we grow in that knowledge, we are able to grow in that love. And so as we grow in this love, it's because we're learning more and more of Jesus. Let me read um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse um, 19, I think. Let me look real quick. Ephesians chapter 4. Yeah, and he's talking about the unbelievers here. He's talking about the people in the world. In verse 19, this is what he says. He says, They have become callous. 
talking like putting calluses on your hands. You can't really feel it anymore. They've become callous and they have given themselves up to sensuality. This is an unbridled, freshly, uh, a fleshly life. And so they have become callous. They don't even feel that the things that they do that are evil, that they don't even have no shame in it anymore. And we see that in the world today. When you look at the evil and the sin in the world, there's no shame. We live in a society today especially that anything goes. And if you don't accept it and you don't tolerate it, then you're a bigot. You are somebody that uh, you're a racist. You're a you're you're all these terrible things if you don't let anything go. It, but if you stand for something and you say this is wrong and this is right, then you have become someone that is a terrible person in this society. And it is because they have become callous and they have given themselves over to this unbridled fleshly life. And they are greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And then look at verse 20. But that is not the way that you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus. And here's the truth. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through those deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what we see in that in verse 19 is that the world is a sacrificial world. They're willing to sacrifice everything for their fleshly desires. Now again, that's not agape. Agape is being willing to sacrifice everything for someone else and for their good. This sacrificial system that we're looking at is a fleshly system that sacrifices everything and it says they have given themselves over to this unbridled fleshly life. And so we're, we're seeing that that is not the way that we learned Christ. That's not the knowledge that we get from Jesus. Jesus instead shows us a different way. He shows us that He sacrificed everything for the world. He sacrificed everything for His people. And so we need to be able to take that example and, and, and that be poured into our hearts so that it can overflow to everyone else. We also see in verse 23 of Ephesians chapter 4 that this new man that we have learned from the knowledge of Christ, this new man is created. And it is created by having a new mind. He says here that we are renewed in the spirits of our minds. Now, let me ask you a question. Where do we retain knowledge? Well, in our minds. And so our minds are being renewed as we learn from Jesus. We gain knowledge about Jesus. We sit in the school of Christ and we study Jesus. We sit in Sunday school and we learn about Jesus. We sit in preaching service and we learn about Jesus. We get together at family worship and we learn about Jesus. And as we gain knowledge, our minds are renewed. We're taught new ways of self-sacrificial love, this agape love. And then as we are having renewed minds, the Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 24 that there is a new man that is created. 
You become a new person. You don't become like the world. You're no longer callous to, uh, to fleshly living. You're no longer given over to unbridled fleshly desires. But instead, now a new man is being created in you. And now you become a Christ-like person. Someone who is growing in this agape love and now you are overflowing in that and it's going out to your mankind. How can I serve my fellow man? How can I be more like Christ? How can I pray for you? How can I help you during this time? That's your heart. And that's not natural. It comes from knowledge. It comes from first following Jesus, and then as we learn more about Jesus, we abound in our love more and more. But it does not happen without growing in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. So keep that in mind. When somebody puts out a video for a teaching lesson for you, um, get your Bible out. Sit down and go through it with them. Uh, don't just sit there and just listen. Uh, actually look at the Scriptures. Pause it. You know, you have now what you don't have on a Sunday morning preaching service. You can't just hit the pause button on me when I'm in the pulpit. But right now, if you want to, you can hit the pause button. And you can go back and you can study Ephesians chapter 4 and then you can come back and you can listen to what I say again here. And so you can really retain the knowledge that's being given to you. It would be a shame for all this knowledge to be given to you and you just watch it and say, good job, pastor. Good job, teacher. Great video. But instead, if you grow in knowledge, you can abound in your love, your agape love, more and more. And this is an interest and an affection of Jesus Christ for you. So keep that in mind. The last thing that I'll talk about today, he says here that we... Um, I'll read the verse again, verse 9. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. And so finally what we see here is that Jesus' interest or Jesus' desire is that we would have good discernment with this love. See, we live, again, as I told you before, in a tolerable society. In a society that basically says anything goes. And you shouldn't say that some, what someone else wants to do doesn't go. In other words... Whatever your standard of right and wrong is, just let it be. And whatever my standard of right and wrong is, just let it be. You don't tell me I'm wrong, and I won't tell you you're wrong. That's the mindset of society today. Now listen, agape love is not about accepting everything as good. And so you're not seeing agape love in this society when we look at this. <coughs> Excuse me. And so what, what we need to see here is that we have to be able to discern how to best love people for their goodwill. Agape love doesn't just look at someone in their sin and not say anything, or agape love doesn't just look at someone in their sin and support them and say, ah, oh, I just love you too much to say anything about it. No, supporting in people in their sin is not agape, and, but on the opposite side of that, neither is trying to harm them and, and hating them. And so just because we may see from the Word of God, because this is our standard of right and wrong. It's not my standard. It is God's standard that I am living by and I agree with. And so we take God's standard. 
And if we look at someone and they're not living according to God's standard, then agape love does not look at them and say, oh, we'll just leave them alone. No, agape love would love them enough to, to share the gospel with them, would love them enough to help them understand what it means to be a sinner, not just to diagnose the symptom. You know, that's what we're good at. We're good at just focusing on the symptoms of sin. The symptoms of sin would be things like, like homosexuality or any kind of sexual immorality, um, lying, stealing, alcoholism, drug addicts. Or, you know, we're, we look at the symptoms. But that's not the root of sin. The root of sin is a heart that says, I want what I want and I don't want what God wants. And how it comes out can be sexual immorality, addictions, lying, stealing, you name it, murder, greed. Um, it could come out in many different ways. But what we need to do is help people understand that the reason we do things like this is because we don't want what God wants. We want what we want. And then we need to help people understand what that looks like. It, this is why the wrath of God is on this world because the world is full of people that don't want God, the creator of all things. And so we need to help people understand what it means to be a sinner. And we need to help people understand what the cure for sin is and how we follow Christ and how we receive the love of God and it overflows from us and to other people. But we have this discernment. This discernment knows how to rightly love. So... I don't want you to take this agape love that God loves His enemies and says that God does not correct and that God does not... Um, that love don't mean that God's always doing what we would see as good toward others. We don't support someone in their sin. So I hope that is clear to you. So yes, our love needs to abound more and more in knowledge, but also in discernment. And we need to be able to rightly discern how to apply this agape love to the world. And, and, and this takes wisdom, but it's something that, that, we can, that we can attain. God gives wisdom um, liberally, generously to all who ask. And so this is something that we can learn how to do. And we will learn how to do it the more we grow in our knowledge of Jesus and how He did it. Um, and then finally, we need to be able to grow in our knowledge, grow in our discernment so that our love will abound more and more. And then look what he says in verse um, 10. So that, here's why he's praying for this, so that you may approve what is excellent. In other words, you may be able to, to, um, to see right and wrong and you may be able to know how to love in the right way and be able to approve what is excellent. And when you approve what is excellent, it says, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So you could end this with a summary saying that the interest of Jesus Christ that Paul saw in Timothy and he prays for in us are the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. And so when we have agape love that has been poured into us and it overflows and goes above and beyond and abounds out of us more and more, 
It happens because we get the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It comes through Jesus Christ. And then it is to the glory and the praise of God. Because again, when people see us doing that, that's not natural. This is how the world knows they're different. There's something different about them. Look at the way they love. The world will know you are my disciples by the love that you have toward one another. And so I want to say thank you to Wells Baptist Church today. I want to say thank you for the love that you are showing during this time. And I pray that you would keep abounding in this agape, self-sacrificing love toward mankind, toward your fellow man, even your enemies. I pray that it would abound more and more. And I pray that you take advantage of the knowledge of Jesus that we're trying to give to you. And I pray that you would learn how to discern so that you understand this agape love don't mean just accepting everything. But instead, we have to figure out what goodwill toward our man in mercy looks like and how that goodwill needs to be displayed. And we can rightly discern how to approve what is excellent. And when we do this, we will grow in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and it will be to the praise and the glory of God Almighty as we reflect who He is to this world. I love you. God bless you. I pray that you have a blessed day and um, we'll see you soon.